Sam Goodman, the Hop Nerd, bringing you another episode of the Hop Nerd Podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, do me a favor, head over to the website www.hopnerd.com. TheHopNerd.com. It, it's, it's pretty easy, right? Super easy to find. Follow me on LinkedIn, the Hopnerd LLC. The easiest way to kind of keep up with everything that I've got going on is just my LinkedIn. It's under Sam Goodman. You can slide into the DMs over there if you want to get into contact, or you can send me an email, thehopnerd at gmail.com. Super, super easy, right? I'm, I'm on I'm on Twitter. I do some some tweeting. Like it's kind of rare, but I'm on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram under the Hop Nerd. Again, man, I it's I feel like I'm kind of everywhere, and it's super duper easy to find all this stuff. It's out there. Go check it out. Make sure you check out Ten Ideas to Make Safety Suck Less. Oh my goodness, like absolute goodness. Holy crap, crap, holy crap. The amount of feedback that I've received about this book has just been absolutely mind-blowing to me. Uh, for whatever reason, it ha- it just has been. It's been mind-blowing to hear all of these stories about these 10 ideas being put to work, being put to use within organizations, within safety, and well, well beyond safety. I know a little on the nose, I kind of stick to that safety word. I'm trying my best not to use it as much, but it's there. But in safety and beyond hearing those stories, and that was the entire intent of this book, was to help folks operationalize these concepts, these human and organizational performance ideas, these principles through these 10 ideas within their organizations, through stuff that's actually got some like actions, some stuff that you can go tinker with, some some starting points for you to actually go out and do things a bit differently. Hearing those stories, is, it's just mind-blowing. It's just great to hear because that was the entire purpose of sitting down, locking myself here in the office <laughs> and plugging away at that book for months and then some months and then getting some, some near and dear friends to kind of read it and then tinkering with it for some months and then cutting a bunch of stuff and adding some stuff and then re-adding and you you, that's just the process right all right yeah it's just it's just how it goes i i guess i'm a glutton for punishment because every time i write one i say damn it i'm never writing another book again because it can be a bit brutal but all of that brutal process is 110 no 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 120 percent well worth it to see it making a positive difference out there. So I would love to hear your stories about how you're operationalizing these concepts, these 10 ideas within your organization. Uh, If you haven't left it a review over on Amazon or Audible, it helps an absolute ton to spread that message farther and wider. So please head over, leave it a review, whether you liked it, loved it, hated it, somewhere in between, just looking for honest reviews. And if you, if you feel more on maybe hating it side, you know, Give it to your uh, your frenemies. If you loved it, give it to your friends uh, and just pass the book around. I, I encourage that so much. Copy stuff out of it. Send it to people. Get it out there in the world because those ideas are proving to be very, very helpful, very powerful in bringing about transformational change within organizations. Again, w- within safety and, and well 
beyond. So you'll notice today is a little bit of a different uh, episode because it's on a, a different uh, day. <laughs> that's, that's probably something to note. Um, if you've been following along for more than a minute, you know that I've been pumping out stuff mostly on Mondays as of late. When things first started, we were pumping out stuff uh, on Mondays and Wednesdays. And then during the lockdowns that occurred during the pandemic, we were pumping out stuff almost every single day. And so I'm, I've been really transparent <laughs> with everybody that's listening. And I told you that I'm going to keep doing this. Uh, as long as I enjoy doing it, and I'm going to do it at a frequency that I can uh, handle and is enjoyable for me. And so over the next few weeks, I've got a little bit, like just a little bit of time to sit down and record some of these shorter episodes. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully, I always say shorter, I'll, I always end up going long. That's just just me, just me down, down the rabbit hole. We all know this. Um, but I wanted to take some time over the next few Wednesdays to pump out some stuff around the basics, around the human organizational performance principles, some basics around the 10 ideas. Uh, and I'm going to do that on our Mondays and our Wednesday episodes for the next little bit with the whole idea of it being a bit of a resource because I find folks continuing to come to us uh, just starting, just starting their journeys. It's really easy, like really easy for me and all of us out there that are kind of in this greater hop community. And speaking of that, make sure you go over to thehopcommunity.com, sign up, start sharing. We're trying to grow a repository of human and organizational performance thought and resources for folks all over the map on their journeys. So make sure you go over, you sign up. It's totally free, always going to be free. No ads, no crap, no none of that stuff. The only basic rule is um, be nice. That's, that's, that's pretty much it. So make sure you go over and check that out, sign up and get involved. It's a great place to ask questions. It's a great place to share resources, to find resources. But that all starts with you because I'm trying my best not to post anything. I posted like one or two little things, but I'm trying to kind of butt out and let this kind of happen a little bit more organically. So I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Maybe it flops. That's all dependent upon us, us doing this thing together. I know side rant. Sorry. Sorry. It just, it just hit me as I was talking about this hop community, but I find folks coming to me from all over the map. And a lot of folks are pretty new to their journeys and where I was going with this before, before I went down the rabbit hole, before I squirreled and got distracted was, is that it's really easy for a lot of us in the community to think that so many folks out there are right where we're at, that, that, that they're, that they're somewhere on their hop journey, that they've got all that basic stuff. We've talked about that a bunch, but I find almost every single day and every single week as I'm traveling around helping folks with human and organizational performance, with operationalizing these concepts, as I move about the country, as I move about the globe, I find folks going, what, what the heck are you talking about with what, what's hop? So um, we're in a bit of an echo chamber, and I think it's fair to try to share more resources that we were sharing at the beginning. I not only believe that it's fair, I think it's vital if we want to continue to spread this message as far and as wide as we can. So if you're like, you know, if this is like old hat to you, I apologize, but I think you'll find something useful in it as well. And if you're brand new, here's a great place 
to start. So again, I don't know how many episodes this is going to be. I don't know what that's going to look like uh, in the long run as far as five, seven, 12. I, I don't know. They, you know, an episode might be five minutes. It might be 25 minutes. I, I have no clue. I've told you I'm winging this whole podcast thing and that's not going to change because as soon as I stop winging it, it's not going to be as much fun anymore. So there we go. We're going to dive right into it now. Let's start right here. Let's go on a little bit of a thought exploration on a bit of a, ooh, a trip. Let's let's go on a trip. Wait a second. Insert strawberry alarm clock here. Okay, now that we're all in the right mood after we've kind of, you know, tuned in and dropped out, we're all feeling a little bit, a little bit trippy. You know, strawberry alarm clock will we'll, we'll do that to a person. But we're, we're on this trip. We're going to dive into a bit of this thought exploration. And it's just this. It's just this. I want you to imagine shit hitting the fan. Okay, you got it? Because you really close your eyes, and unless you're driving, and right? I feel like I have to put that in there. Close your eyes and imagine shit really hitting the fan at work. Right? Shit's hit the fan. Things have gone wrong. That operational surprise, that unintended operational surprise, in the negative sense, maybe, has occurred. Something not great has happened. What now? I want you to pause and I want you to take a moment to imagine yourself in uh, the leader's shoes, maybe nearest to that work, in the manager's shoes, in the director's shoes, in the vice president's shoes, and on up through this kind of trippy organization. How would you react? How, how would you feel? What kind of questions would you have? How do our organizations typically react to the not-so-great news that things have gone a bit sideways? How do they react? How do our organizations feel? What kind of questions do we ask after things have gone a bit sideways, especially when things have gone a bit sideways relating to that most... <laughs> Sacred. I've come across some organizations calling that word sacred the most important thing within our work world as we often describe it. I can quickly describe to you, and you know where I'm going with this, I can quickly describe to you how they would have reacted, right? How they normally react. And that's through this strategic three-pronged approach. Very strategic. And you know it's it's really important when there's three prongs because you can have that three-legged stool diagram that we like to throw into stuff. You know it's super strategic. This three-pronged strategic approach of blame, shame, and retrain, right? The person that was nearest to that work or that was doing that work would have been placed on unpaid leave, right? On a really probably good day. On a pretty normal day, the person that was working on that stuff or closest to that stuff where that uh, operational surprise occurred on a pretty normal run of the mill day, they would have been fired along with any coworkers that were with that person. And, you know, their leader and potentially their leader's leader would have faced a similar fate. 
we'd then do something that we call a safety stand down. Uh, I'm trying to make the sound of my, me throwing up in my mouth, I guess, but that's not that's not coming out too good. Um, but we would do a safety stand down, and you know safety stand downs. I've done safety stand downs. You've done safety stand downs. Something happens, I get a safety stand down. You get a safety stand down. Everybody gets a safety stand down. Look under your seat at the safety stand down. There's a gift basket it's full of behavior based observation cards. We're going to do observation blitzes too, but we do the safety stand down. And, and what is it? It's where we get everyone together in a room and we read them the rules, the procedures louder and slower and tell them that this type of mistake is no longer allowed to occur. Right? At least what's left of them. At least at least what's left of the people that have survived the acts. It's going to be minus the people that were nearest to the work and sometimes the leaders that were, uh, uh, you know, overseen this work. We would do some retraining. We would do all that other kind of stuff with, with whatever group was involved telling them how to do their job better. Uh, we would usually write some more rules and done those observation blitzes that we're talking about and basically policed and patrolled the front line that much harder and that much harsher. Now, imagining yourself in the shoes of the folks involved in this fictitious trippy event that we're talking about, how easy would it have been for these folks involved in our fake event to just simply fix the issue <laughs> to just like get on with life, to just embrace silence, to fix the problem and move on with life, to just say nothing and fix the problem and get on with work. Just never saying a word. How likely would it be for any of us, like truly, truly imagining yourself on the receiving end of all of that strategic corporate support, on the receiving end of all of that corporate love, on the receiving end of that, that strategic three-pronged approach, how likely would it be for any of us to report that type of event? And if we were to report it, after all of that work, of blaming, shaming, and retraining after that was completed, what would have been learned? What would have been improved? What would have been rendered better? We're talking our traditional approaches, as we often refer to them, approaches that have focused on people as a problem to control, approaches that have viewed error as a choice to be made, a choice that we get to make to err or not to err, and approaches that have viewed safety as a number, as a number that needs to be zero, as just another outcome to be managed, approaches that have led us towards the use of this strategic three-pronged approach, this blaming, shaming, and retraining, and ultimately more of the same and away from trust and learning and improvement of making things better. How do we move forward? How do we move beyond these approaches that lead us towards a ton of unintended consequences, a ton of harm and a ton of silence? And a lot of times move us almost always, I would venture to say always, move us away from learning and improvement rather than closer to it. How do we move forward? I think we start right here. And I think we start with a few of the ideas, key ideas from safety differently. People are not a problem to control. People are the solution. 
in our trippy event and our little exploration that we've kind of started here, how easy is it to blame the person nearest to the event or the person that had their hands on the particular thing that broke or blew up or had problems or the person that had their hands on or just near it or their coworker or their leader or their leader's leader or the, the, the manager or the director or the safety folks. How easy is it to apply blame? It's like really easy. It's like super easy. It's like super duper easy. It's like super duper easy peasy lemon squeezy kind of easy. But when we choose that path of blame, what do we learn? That people make mistakes? Um, hold on, wait a second. Everybody there? You hear me? Um, we already know that. Right? We, we already know that, that people make mistakes. We also know that the people involved in this particular trippy event, that they came to work to do a good job. Scratch that. They came to work to do a great job. And that, sure, we have an event. There were always, there are always errors made, but errors by definition are unintentional. So we start to move from asking this kind of not very interesting question of who failed and we move towards asking more of an interesting question of what failed. So rather than who failed and what did they deserve based off of how bad that outcome was, we start asking more interesting questions that sound like what failed. We also understand that the folks involved in that particular trippy event, um, they have a wealth, just a wealth of deep, rich, raw, and real like real deal information about the reality of work, about normal work, about the reality of this particular event, this reality, a reality that we must seek to understand if our goal is to improve. So we move from these who-based questions to what, and we start to get a lot less judgy, like a bunch, like a whole, 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 whole bunch less judgy, and we become a ton, a ton, 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 more curious. We move forward by realizing that rather than telling people what to do, we need to be asking them what they need, what they need to be successful. We've spent like a ton of time in our organizations focused on behaviors, on human behaviors, and on how to control said human behaviors, especially in safety focused on these human behaviors and how to fix these bad, pesky human behaviors that plague our work worlds. And we often do that through this act of telling people what to do and what not to do or else. Do this. Don't, don't do that. For sure, for sure do this one. And definitely do not do that one. And that one, you know, on Mondays, you, it's a do it. On on Fridays, it's a don't do it. And everything else, kind of, it just, it's, it fluctuates. I tell you what, you decide and we'll judge you after the fact. You better get it freaking right. As my dear friend and colleague Clive Lloyd states in his recent book, Next Generation Safety Leadership, which is one that you should, you, if you have don't have that book, you need to go buy it and you should buy it in the bundle with 10 Ideas to Make Safety Suck Less. They go together like peanut butter and jelly, uh, uh, biscuits and gravy, beans and, and toast. They, they, they just work, right? They just, they, they, they just work. What's the, what's our corporate word we like to use? It's, they're very synergistic. Um, but as Clive states in this awesome book that he has written, uh, behaviors are not the problem. Behaviors are an expression of the problem. They're just symptoms. 
we, we need to invest our time not into trying to manage these behaviors, but into seeking to understand the context that surrounds them. We have to let go of this desire to tell people what to do and often to telling them what not to do or else and lean into asking them what they need to be successful. Our time is just far better invested into asking what our employees need to be successful and then providing them with just that, the stuff that they need to be successful, the things that help them create safe and stable work. And we move forward by this redefining of safe. Safety is the presence of positives, not the absence of negatives. Safety is the presence of capacity, not the absence of accidents. Safety is the presence of positives, not the absence of negatives. Work goes right way more than work goes wrong. Organizations almost, at least organizations in the sphere that we're talking about, we almost always create safe and stable work. How? It's not the absence of human error. That's kind of the one thing that you can bet is always there. It's the presence of positive capacities, of, of positives, of capacities, of defenses, of safeguards, of margin, and on within our work, the, these positives that work in support of, in concert with human adaptation rather than against it. These things that are air tolerant rather than air inviting, that help us start to create a bit of stability in a world of uncertainty rather than investing all of our time into going out and seeking safety, into seeking deviation, into seeking out air, and all these other negatives within our work worlds. The real value, the, 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 the real value is in seeking to understand why your work is normally successful. It's this subtle move from making sure that work does not go wrong to making sure that work can go well. It's these shifts, right? It's these shifts, this moving beyond reacting with judgment and responding towards responding with curiosity and care. This move towards better ideas like viewing people as problem solvers, asking them what they need to be successful, and this redefining of safe that move us closer to learning and improvement, that move us closer to operational excellence. So we've scratched the surface today and we've started by going on that bit of a, you know, that bit of a trip. Wait a second. Cue strawberry alarm clock. I think it was a little bit more than uh, incense and peppermints that strawberry alarm clock uh, had rocking there. But we've kind of scratched the surface and we talked about kind of those three key tenets of safety differently in today's episode on this kind of coming back to some of the basics next week, next episode, whenever it comes out, <laughs> it'll be like it's either going to be tomorrow or a year from now. No, I'm kidding. It'll be soon uh, in this next episode. We're going to start to dive into a bit of the hop principles. Okay, we'll continue our little trippy thought exploration, getting back to the basics. And in the next episode, we're going to top, top, talk. There we go. Talk. We're going to talk about the human and organizational performance principles. If you need any help with bringing these ideas to life, send me an email thehopnerd at gmail.com. I work with organizations all over the U.S., all around the globe on just that, on how we bring these to life, on how we operationalize these concepts within our work worlds, how we embed them, how we create sustainability 
over time. So no matter where you find yourself on your journey, I'm confident that I can either help you get started or help you go a bit farther. So again, reach out to hopnerd at gmail.com. You can head over to the website to learn more about all the kind of sort of stuff that I do through the Hopnerd LLC, all the services that I offer. You can get in contact over there as well. You can give me a call, shoot me a text, slide into the DMs, all that kind of sort of stuff. Until next time, it is Sam Goodman, the Hop Nerd, signing off. Bye, everybody. Bye.